Welcome to the SMC 2022 podcast. 2,000 years ago, Jesus gave an invitation that changed the world. Come, follow me. Today, we have the same invitation. Hey, everyone. My name is Jared Stavanoa. Uh, I work on the Stumo team over at Texas A&M, and I'm so excited you're tuning in to this podcast right now over how to abide in Christ. Hey, real quick, I want you to ask yourself the question as you're sitting there listening, why am I tuning in right now? Uh, what am I hoping to get out of this? Maybe some of you saw the description that I put um, and you said, man, I, I want to know how to, how to have an eternally significant and meaningful life. I want to know how to live out my purpose. I want to experience day-to-day joy and peace. Um, I want to know how to obey God in all areas of my life. And yeah, I don't want this conference to just be another spiritual high and nothing to change. Or, or maybe some of you saw the title of the podcast, How to Abide in Christ. And just like me, you're wondering, what does that really mean? How exactly do I abide in Christ? Is it important? Is it necessary? What does that practically look like? How do I do it with more consistency or better? If you've asked yourself those questions, if that's what you're hoping to get out of our time together, I'm so excited that you're tuning in. Because y'all, the reality is, is all these questions uh, have their answer in an abiding relationship with Christ. And so that's what I aim to do today is to clearly and practically explain what that is to you. Y'all, the best place I believe the answer to this is found is in the biblical passage of John chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. And what I want to do is not explain to you guys my own idea of abiding, but let this passage the word of God speak for itself. What I want to do is help you understand and, and bring to life the words that God is saying. I also want to give you some practical tools to implement. So where do we get the idea of abiding in Christ? Y'all, we see it most clearly and most often in the book of John. The book of John is a New Testament book written by a a follower or a disciple of Jesus who was an eyewitness to the life and to the public ministry of Christ. All throughout the book of John, we see this concept of abiding. And so I want to give you a few verses to help you start to understand it. But first, let's define the word abide. Where do we see the word abide? What does it mean? Abide comes from the Greek word meno, which is a verb, and it means to to remain in, to live, or to dwell in. Uh, Some of you have heard the phrase, my humble abode. Uh, Your abode is just the place where you live or you dwell. Uh, To to abide or, or minnow also means to be held or to be kept by something. To be held or to be kept. I, I like to say surrendered, to be surrendered to something. It also means to endure. Let me read a couple verses to help bring this word to life. The first one is John 8, 31 through 32. 
So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you minnow in my word, or if you remain in my word, if you abide in my word, if you live in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. John 14, 10, Jesus says, do you not believe that I am in the father and the father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the father who minnows in me does his work. The father who dwells in me, who abides in me, who lives in me. So those are two verses to start to give us the idea of what it means to abide in Christ. But let's move on to the main passage where we'll get some imagery to help. And again, that passage is John chapter 15, verses 1 through 11, if you want to follow along. Before we jump into reading, let's get a general idea of what's happening. Uh, Jesus, in John chapter 15, is, is sitting with his disciples in a room uh, shortly before his death. And if you were a disciple of Jesus in the room, you would have known that Jesus is no ordinary man. You would have seen Jesus... Open blind eyes, open deaf ears, raise people from the dead, uh, declare that he is the source of all truth, that he's the only way to heaven. Um, he, you would have seen Jesus declare that he was God in the flesh, the savior of the world, the only one who could take away sin. You would know that Jesus is no ordinary man. Let's read John 15, verse 1. I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Let's break that down. So verses one and two, we see here, it says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Verse two says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So we have three, actually, I'll say four characters in the story here that we need to establish. The first, the true vine is Jesus. 
The second is the vine dresser, or as some translations say, the gardener, which is God the Father. Next, we have the branches that do not bear fruit, and those are people. And then we have branches that do bear fruit. Those are all also people. So the vine, Jesus, what is his purpose? It's to supply the life, the nutrients, and the power necessary for the branches to produce fruit. That's the role of the vine. All right, what about the vine dresser or the gardener, God the Father? It says in verse 2 that his purpose is to take away the branches or the people that are bearing no fruit or to increase the fruit in the branches or people who are producing fruit. What about the branches? The purpose of the branches is to express what it has been given from the vine, which is life and power, visibly through fruit. So the fruit will be what it, the branch has received. Um, and so, y'all, ideally, the imagery we have here, uh, if I could have picked, it would have been like an orange tree or an apple tree. Um, that's, that's really easy for me to picture. You know, you got the trunk, the branches, and the fruit. But what Jesus is, is using here is the imagery of a grapevine. And those were common at the time. And actually, y'all, when we, when we understand this image, it is awesome and perfect. Let's continue. Um, again, verse 2 says, Every branch... In me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it may bear more fruit. Okay, what, is, what does prune mean? Well, in the literal gardening sense, it's to cut back or to trim. Some of you may have seen your mom do this while she was gardening, but it's, you, you know, I wish I could show you a picture. It's you, you cut the branch back almost to the very beginning where it juts out from the stem or the vine. Um, biblically, this word prune means to cleanse of filth or impurity or to remove filth or impurity. Uh, and so specifically when it comes to grapevines, Pruning is the continual process of cutting branches that get too long. And the reason people will do this with grapevines is because when the branches get too long, they can get diseased, they can break, uh, or most specifically, they can get too far away from the central vine where the source and the nutrients are. And because of that, they won't be able to produce good or plentiful fruit. Um, practically, you'll see grapevines get, get as long as six to seven feet uh, in season, and then uh, the vine dressers will cut them back to one or two feet. And, and they say when you trim the branches in the off season, when the next fruit bearing season comes around, those branches will produce better, more abundant, tastier fruit because they're closer to the vine or the source. And so that was a lot, but 
hey, what do we need to know about pruning? What's essential? We need to know it's painful. It doesn't feel good in the moment, but it's for a good purpose. Y'all, God has done a lot of pruning in my own life. He's removed a lot of filth and impurity. And to be honest, it's been really hard. Some of it has, has led to tears, has led to me feeling like I just can't go on. But y'all, every time I look back at what God has done in my life, all the hard things he's put me through, I'm always thankful. Um, and, and that brings up a good point. Pruning it looks like a lot of different things, but what, what we see most commonly is, is suffering. God the Father uses suffering or hard circumstances or a hard person to prune us. He'll use his word challenging us in the way we think. Um, he'll use spiritual leaders calling us out in love. Um, just, just this last year, y'all, I feel like God has allowed me, uh, has pruned me by allowing me to fail a lot. And especially when I'm trying to impress people. And through that, God's removed a lot of pride from my life. Y'all, the main point is, is that God the Father is actively working in your life to cause fruit. And that's a great thing. Hey, I want you to discuss real quick, what, which branch do you think you are? The branch that's bearing fruit or the branch that's not bearing fruit? And why? I also want you to talk about what are some things God has done in your life recently to prune you? All right, verse 3, John 15 says, Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Y'all, this might seem a little random in this passage, but y'all, this verse is so awesome. What Jesus is saying here is that even though the God the Father is going to work to, pr to prune you, to clean up the filth in your life, what Jesus is saying here is that if you trust in me, you can be completely clean. This is one of the mysteries of the gospel that what he's really talking about here is sin, is that even though we continue to sin, somehow we can be as seen as sinless in the eyes of God through the work of Jesus. And so how, how do we know we're clean? What's required of us? Verses four and five say this, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. A few 
quick observations from these two verses is, number one, it's impossible for the branches to bear fruit without abiding in the vine. Number two, Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. And it says here, if we're abiding or if we're living and remaining in Jesus and he is living in us, we will bear much fruit. Uh, it also says, unless this is happening, it's impossible for us to bear fruit. Uh, we can't do it on our own. And, and lastly, uh, it says, apart from Jesus Christ, the true vine, we can do nothing. And so, hey, maybe this raises some questions for us. Uh, what does it mean for Jesus to abide in us? What does it mean for us to abide in him? What, what is fruit? Uh, what does it mean in verse 5 when it says nothing? Let's answer those questions. So the first one, what does it mean for us to abide in Jesus? And how does that happen? To abide in Christ really is a supernatural act that takes place where you literally begin to live in Jesus where you literally become connected to the vine. And so this happens for a person when they completely look to and depend on Jesus for life. It happens when, when we decide to believe in him and his words. And when we recognize, even though there's costs to following Jesus, to surrendering to him, he's worth it. Um, Luke 9 puts it well when it, when it talks about abiding in Jesus. It talks about giving up your whole life, totally denying yourself and receiving Christ. Um, and y'all, for me specifically, what that looked like was uh, back in college, I was in a fraternity and I, I wasn't living for Jesus. But my junior year, I started to really explore a relationship with Christ um, intentionally for the first time in my life. Um, and I was getting to hear some talks similar to this one. And I got to this point where I realized Jesus was the greatest source of life, that the sin I was living in really wasn't bringing uh, lasting joy. And I wanted Christ, but y'all, I was so afraid of the cost of following him. I was so afraid of what people would think about me. I was afraid of losing friends. I was afraid of how Jesus was going to change my life. I was afraid of giving up sin. But on June 23rd, 2016, I got to the point, y'all, where I said, Jesus, you are worth it. I want to totally surrender to you. I want you to take control. And y'all, when I did this, I became connected to the true vine, Jesus Christ. And the amazing thing is, is I will be connected to him forever. So worth it. Hey, another little uh, image here that could help you is um, one of a, a someone going bungee jumping. And... Really to surrender to Jesus is like, is like us when we put on that bungee suit 
and strap the cord on. And when we jump on off the bridge, we're putting our full trust uh, and fully relying on the cord. That if that doesn't work, we have no life. We're done. Hey, not only did I begin to live in Christ when I made that decision on June 23rd, but he also began to abide or live in me. So what, is, what exactly does it mean that Christ abides in us? Well, this is another crazy supernatural act, and it is exactly what it says. Jesus comes to dwell within us. Jesus becomes connected to us as the vine, and we are the branch. Um, I, I really like the way 1 Corinthians 3.16 puts it. Is, it says, we become temples of God's spirit. Um, I think the best image the Bible uses to describe this is found in Ephesians 5, where it talks about a married couple. And in Ephesians 5, it says that a man and a woman, when they make a covenant of marriage, they somehow supernaturally become one flesh or one person. And it says that that imagery describes us in us and Christ when we choose to fully trust and surrender to him. Um, somehow, supernaturally, we, us and Jesus become one. And we get to have this intimate relationship like a married couple. And I, and I just think that's so amazing, y'all, because my whole life I just saw this God, God as this guy in the sky who is far away, but he wants intimacy. Um, another great verse to help us here is Galatians 2.20. This is Paul speaking. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So we see it clearly here, y'all, that when we surrender to Christ, we die to our old self and we actually become a new creation that lives within Jesus. Um, and y'all, I think this brings up an important point about Christianity and following Jesus as a whole. It's not about following rules. It's not about working our way to God. It, it's a matter of total transformation through belief and surrender. It's a, it's a decision of faith. Hey, if you want to make sure that SMC is not just another spiritual high, here's your solution. Surrender to Jesus and you will be intimately connected to him forever. God, I, I can't state it enough. It was the best decision I ever made. And I love getting to experience intimacy with Jesus every day. He really is my greatest joy. So when we get connected to the vine, when we abide in Jesus and he abides in us, this is a one-time thing but it's something you continue to grow in every day. 
Um, just like a married couple can continue to grow in intimacy and connection, um, we can do the same. Uh, but the next question I want to answer before I practically talk about that is what is fruit? Um, fruit is really just everything that happens as a result of us abiding in Jesus and Jesus abiding in us. Um, another way I like to put it that's helpful, it's, it's the evidence of Christ living in us. Um, and so to, to get even more practical, if you're asking, okay, well, what, what exactly are examples of fruit? The Bible talks about a few. Um, one of them is love for God. Do you love God? Do you desire intimacy with God? Uh, another one that's talked about a lot is obedience to God. Jesus says, if you're abiding, you will obey. Um, another one is um, living free from habitual sin. And so are we trying to free ourselves um, to step away from habitual sin or are we chasing after it? Um, y'all, these are examples of fruit. But really one way, I think the best way to really understand if we're bearing fruit or not is to have a spiritual leader someone who you are positive is abiding in Jesus, invite them into your life and ask them, hey, is it, is it evident that I'm following Christ? Is it evident that Jesus is living in me? And, and y'all, they'll be honest with you and they'll tell you. Um, I've had people in my own life who I've had to ask that and it's been such a blessing. Hey, what we need to remember here though is fruit, again, is not a matter of doing or trying in our own power, but it's a it's a matter of believing and surrendering to Jesus, the true vine, and in faith. Only He has the power to make it happen. Uh, verse five to continue says, "I'm the true vine; you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit." For apart from me, you can do nothing. What, what does Jesus mean here when he says you can do nothing? Well, what he's really saying here is you can do nothing of eternal significance. You can do nothing that is pleasing to God. And so that's so important again for us to know because most of us are just trying to work hard to please God. But if you want to please God, abide in Christ, surrender to Christ, believe in Christ and in his words. Okay, so again, we've, we've established that becoming connected to the vine is a one-time thing, but it's also something you continue in. You continue to remain in Jesus. And so how, how practically do we continue? Um, maybe some of you are here because you're wondering, how do I consistently abide in Christ? Um, and so I want to answer that question based on the scriptures. Uh, so here are some things you can do. I love to use a resource called The Wheel. 
I show this to guys all the time. It's four spokes with Christ at the center. And the four spokes of the wheel that make it turn are prayer, fellowship, word, and evangelism. I want to go through them. The first one, prayer. Simply put, it's communicating with God. We want to relationally talk to God and connect with God like you would a friend, a spouse, or a family member. Obviously, it's a little different because he's God and he knows everything about you and he's always with you. Um, but, but you get the point. He wants, he wants us to talk to him like a friend. Um, if, you, if you need help understanding prayer, Jesus models it really well throughout the book of John, uh, specifically in John 17. Um, but, but a more practical method that I love to use, guys, is the Acts prayer model. Um, and that's something you can look up online. It's adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. I'm, I'm not going to take time right now to explain it, but you can look it up. And it's awesome. I use it every morning when I meet with Jesus. All right, the next one is fellowship, which is just meeting with other people who love Christ. And the reason to do this is because you need people to hold you accountable to how you want to live for Jesus. Um, specifically, I want to challenge you to find a spiritual leader or a mentor. Um, God has used people like this to prune me uh, and to call me out in the best possible ways. And, it, and it's definitely led to more fruit. More specifically though, when it comes to fellowship, I, I want you guys to meet with people that you can be open and honest with about sin, about insecurities, struggles, uh, fears. Um, you. You guys, we need people who can receive those things, listen to them, and most importantly, speak the word of God into our life. Uh, and I got to say, I need it more than anyone. Y'all have so many insecurities, uh, so many crazy insecurities. Uh, for example, the other day I was, I was on vacation and um, I started... I was with some friends. I started buying into these lies that I was a burden, that I was stupid, that I was annoying people, and I was being really selfish. And I took those things to God in prayer. And I started to remember truth, but I just couldn't shake the lies. And I felt like the Lord was leading me just to tell someone. And guys, I got to tell my friend Joe. And he just had such an incredible response and sp spoke truth into me and just t told me about how it doesn't even matter that that God loves me and accepts me and enjoys me. Um, and so y'all, Joe helped me further abide in Christ. Um, but hey, the big point here is, is that we need other people. Uh, we can't do it alone. We can't isolate. And this is something that I see a lot on the college campus is just a lack of fellowship. And so, guys, I want to challenge you all to view it as a discipline like reading the word or prayer. Hey, we don't just exclusively meet with fellowship because another aspect 
of abiding is evangelism or mission. And so mission is just intentionally sharing Jesus with other people. Um, there's so many ways to do this, guys. But I love the way 1 John 3.18 puts it. Little children, let us not love in word and talk, but in deed and truth. What that means is if we want to be on mission, we need to be doing deeds and sharing truth. We need to deeds or actions to serve people. Truth is just sharing God's word. All right, the next one, word, the Bible. Man, guys, this is essential to abiding in Jesus. Um, earlier in the book of John, Jesus says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. So how do you practically abide in the word? Um, I, I love the hand illustration. It's another one I show guys all the time. Um, and for y'all that are listening, it's imagine five fingers of the hand and those fingers are holding a Bible. And the five fingers represent hearing the word, reading the word, studying the word, memorizing the word, and meditating on the word. Um, and so I'll, I'll briefly cover each, but there's actually other breakout podcasts that will cover them better and, and each finger in, in more depth. So to hear the word just means being taught the word in a church that you're regularly attending from a pastor. Another way is just constantly listening to podcasts um, from well-studied Bible teachers. Specifically, I love John Piper and Paul Washer. Those are two of my favorite. Uh, and, and most simply, hearing the word is just listening to the audio Bible. I, I really love an app called Dwell. Um, you have to pay money for it, but it's it's definitely the best one out there. And I love using it on road trips. All right, next is read. Read the Bible. Y'all, this, this doesn't come natural to me. I'm not a reader. Uh, it's a discipline, but it's an essential act of dependence and an essential act of abiding. What I love to do, guys, is I, I love to read and ask the Bible a lot of questions. I like to write down those questions and those questions lead to dependence. They lead to prayer. God, why? What does this mean? Um, and they also lead to further study. So a few methods for reading the Bible, if you're looking for something very practical. Um, if, you're, if you're still exploring following Jesus or you're pretty new to it, I would say read through the New Testament. Um, I like to do one chapter a day or half a chapter a day. Um, but if you've, if you've been following Jesus for, for uh, about a year or longer, I, I would say read the whole Bible. Uh, you can do that just by reading three chapters a day. And if you do that, you'll finish it in a year. One really cool way that I have read through the whole Bible is through the chronological Bible. Um, it's basically the Bible in sequential linear order. Uh, it's such a cool way to read it, and it's mapped out uh, one 
it's mapped out what you need to read each day. So I think that'll be a good one for you guys. All right, the next study. Really, that means just to dig into the questions you have from reading the Bible. Blake Chrisman is going to give a great podcast breakout on this, Digging for Diamonds. Check that out if you want to know how to study. The next is Memorize. Uh, that's also self-explanatory. Y'all, memorizing scripture is such a gift and so awesome. Jake Welchins, Hit the Weights. Uh, that's another podcast. He's going to explain how and why to memorize scripture. The last is to meditate. Uh, this this is an essential one, y'all. Uh, it brings all of the other uh, elements of the hand together. This is the thumb. Um, all other methods are a way of intaking the Bible, but to meditate on the Bible is really to sit on it, to think about it, to pray how it can apply to your life, uh, to believe it. And so this is really where the transforming power of scripture comes in. Two verses uh, that I've meditated on the most this past year are Psalm 16, verses 1 and 2. It says, Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. There's been so many days where those verses come to mind and I just sit on them, y'all. And I think, man, I have no good apart from Jesus. I, I need God to preserve me. God is my Lord. And it, it just affects my day so much and it causes my, my um, soul to, to depend on Jesus more and more. Meditate on the word. All right, well, those are some practical ways to abide in Christ. Let's continue, though, with our passage from John 15. We're picking up in verse 6. It says, If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. So God just gives us some really clear imagery here, y'all, that if we're not the branch that is connected to the vine, if we haven't surrendered to Jesus, and if we're not continuing to surrender daily, then we are like a branch by itself that is slowly withering and in its end result is it will be burned and destroyed. And as we know, the branches in this story are people um, and this, this is just a reality. It's a hard reality. Um, and y'all have seen it before. Um, it breaks my heart. There's, there's so many people in the world who are absolutely incredible in the worldly sense, um, businessmen, doctors, sports players, moms and dads um, have done amazing things. But like a branch that's broken off, none of it is, is really pleasing to God. None of it is fruit, none of it was truly for God and their lives are slowly withering away 
and coming to nothing. None of it will be eternally remembered and their end is destruction. And this should be very sobering to us guys. And you know what? This was me at one time. I was so clearly the branch that was withering away, whose end was destruction. Um, but praise God, he made me aware of it. And maybe he's making you aware of it right now. Verse 7 says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. And so again, we see that if Jesus's words are truly abiding in us, we can ask whatever we wish and it'll be done. And this isn't talking about, you know, winning the lottery or, or anything like that. If Jesus' words are if Jesus's words are living in us, what we're going to want is fruit. We're going to ask God to create fruit in our lives, and He's going to do it, and He's going to do it for His glory. Because God the Father wants to see Jesus glorified, and I just think that's so amazing, y'all. Verses 9 and 10 say this, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So again, this is another amazing reality that we don't have to work for love. We just have to receive it. And just like Jesus lived in the love of the Father, we can live in the love of Christ if we'll surrender and believe. And when we do, verse 10 says, we will want to obey. If you can keep my commandments, you will live in my love. And y'all, Jesus did this perfectly. He perfectly loved the Father. And as a result, he was perfectly obedient to the Father sinless. To conclude, the last verse says this, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Hey, to answer that question, why bear fruit? Here's your answer. Your joy will be full. Jesus wants us to have a joyful full life and he's offering it if we'll just believe and surrender hey really quickly discuss these questions amongst yourselves which branch do you think you are the fruit bearing branch or the branch that is removed not bearing fruit and is that different from what you thought before the next question, how can you begin abiding in Christ today? How can you continue to abide in Christ?
there is so much hope in Jesus. I don't know if you're feeling like you're the, the branch that's removed whose end is destruction or not, but if you are, I want you to know that you're not stuck, that your sin has not forever separated you from God, from being connected to the vine. At any moment, you can be connected to Christ. All you have to do is surrender and believe. Just lay down your life. And so I want, that's what I want to challenge you to do is to go all in with Jesus. And to those of you who have made that decision, praise God. Um, I hope today that you are convinced that nothing is more important than abiding in him. That if we want to see fruit, abide in Christ. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. I love you guys a lot. Um, if you want to listen to any other breakout sessions, you can listen to them on Apple Music or Spotify. Just look up SMC 2022 Podcast. Thank y'all so much. Hope you have a great rest of your day.